Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I'm the lackadaisical Libercuberless. Been a while, which is a staid song, if I do recall. Been a while. You know that one? Yeah, a classic. Especially if you listen to Comedy Bang Bang or have in the past, rather, where they used to, uh, anytime anyone said it's been a while, someone would say, it's been a while. Uh, you know, like from the song. But I digress. I love digressing. Digressing, one of my favorite pastimes. Uh, all right, so basically this episode, for, since I haven't recorded in a minute, is a lot of movie catch-up. And I'm not talking cats up. Any sort of red tomato-based sauce. Is ketchup a sauce? I suppose it's a sauce. Hmm. What do you put ketchup on? Um... I am a ketchup on my, my a number one couldn't eat it without it. Ketchup is grilled cheese. Yeah. Um, other than that, you know, it's interesting. I used to be 100% anti ketchup on eggs, but I've sort of turned around a little bit in recent years. Um, and I think it's because I've realized the whole salty and sweet thing is really, you know, the cat's pajamas which are cat's pajamas do they taste salty and sweet who's to say not i let's move into movies because i am clearly rambling movie the first from 2022 smile oh you hear this uh you hear this creepy friggin' thing starring sosie bacon um who uh i'm turning into a big fan of after uh between this uh, that she was very good in and um Oh, uh, we talked about it on the podcast, uh, the show, uh, in which with Rick Glassman, that one, I'm not going to remember. Oh, you know what? Maybe if I open up her IMDb, I do have IMDb pages open. So that's allowed <clears throat> as we see it, as we see it, which I do recommend. Yeah, it was, was very good. Uh, it was about. I'll tell you what it was about. Three autistic roommates find a way to live together and strive for similar things in life. Um, has it been approved, approved, greenlit, as they say in the biz, for a second season? I'm pretty sure it did pretty well. Pretty sure, pretty, pretty, pretty sure. Anyways, back to Smile, which we are here to talk about. Uh, I'm tangenting. Uh, yeah, this is scary to the degree where within the first half an hour, I almost had the missus turn it off. Yeah. Like couldn't watch it. Um, <laughs> like with, um, you know, the majority of scary movies, it does sort of reach a point where I almost feel like it's where you know what's going on and then it's not scary anymore. Yeah. It's the, the, the fear of the unknown, I think, potentially that gets me. But it's definitely creepy AF. After witnessing a bizarre traumatic incident involving a patient, Dr. Rose Cotter, Dr. Cotter, uh, starts experiencing frightening occurrences that she can't explain. Rose, yeah, see, un the unexplainable. Rose must confront her troubling past in order to survive and escape her horrifying new reality. Uh, yeah, uh, if you've watched the trailer, which is, you know, 
I don't say a universally good way to decide whether you want to watch a movie is watching the trailer, but watch this one. And if it creeps you out and you like being creeped out, I'd recommend, uh, on that scale, the creep out scale, let's call it. Jeez. I'd go like a solid, I don't, I think I might go five out of five. Uh, you know what? I'll reserve five out of five for did have to turn off. How about that? Yeah, that makes sense. So this is just shy of it because, um, you know, once I got over the hump of, I don't, I don't even really know what the hump was, but there was a hump that I got over. I was able to watch it. So it doesn't get a five out of five on the creepiness factor. Um, you know, just as a movie, it's fine. Yeah. Probably go like a three out of five, which if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily have a desire to watch it again, but, uh, but I did enjoy it. did enjoy and, uh, would recommend if you like creepy movies, moving on to from the year 2000, there was a time where, uh, people, you know, which I guess sort of makes sense. It's a year with a bunch of zeros at the end, uh, sort of thought the year 2000 was going to be the future. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't that much different than the nineties, to be honest, the year 2000. Uh, but, but we did get movies like the sixth day, uh, which is set in a near future, quote unquote, that, uh, kind of hasn't really happened. A man meets a clone of himself and stumbles into a grand conspiracy about clones taking over the world. Is that true? I don't think that's true necessarily. This is of course, of course, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. We got some Michael Rooker, which I like, uh, Terry Crews, uh, Terry Crews as a, as a thug, uh, a, a henchman. I uh, can't go wrong with that. Robert Duvall. Wow. we got some names in this thing. And I feel like this fits into a category of movies, which you know what another one does in this list as well. Uh, uh, 1408, I will say. Uh, and that is movies that are, when was 1408 from 2007? Yeah. Maybe is it from the two thousands? I don't know. Movies that I inexplicably just like have a itch to watch every once in a while. Yeah. Like it's not a great movie, <laughs> uh, which you could perhaps tell. But it is interesting, and there is some actual cool sci-fi type stuff that uh, I feel like even stands up, actually. Uh, some cool premises and, and gizmos and gadgets and stuff. Yeah, it's a, a it's definitely a, a well-shot movie. Uh, Rating-wise, you know, Schwarzenegger at his action-iest. No, not really. Mm, I'd go probably a four, uh, with some cool four and change moments. Um, if you have seen Arnold Schwarzenegger action movies and enjoy them, this is definitely one. It's not as, I don't know, as dark and gritty as say, a, a, you know, a, a commando or, or a predator or a uh, what the hell is the one I'm thinking of? Uh, Total Recall, which uh, we're going to talk briefly about later. Um, but, uh, you know, it's good, and I would recommend it. Moving on to from 2005. Oh, we're on the 2000s. 
Yes. The the aughts so far. Uh, Serenity. Yeah, obviously. The crew of the ship Serenity tries to evade an assassin sent to recapture Telepath River. Goddamn, this... Uh, uh, five out of five, first off, but it also makes me sad and angry <laughs> because you can see, uh, and I don't think it'll ever happen, unfortunately, with this particular, uh, intellectual property or IP, if you prefer, uh, I don't think it'll ever be back, even though after watching the show and now the movie, uh, you could see such incredible high potential for how amazing just this thing was. Um, yeah, it, it's just a, a, a series and, uh, of course the movie here that makes me appreciate it to such a high degree that, um, unlike with just about anything else that, you know, gets canceled, I guess it's the too soon thing, right? Like, uh, before it sort of, it, it feels like it was canceled before it reached its full potential. And you definitely get amazing glimpses of that full potential in this movie. Um, yeah. Sadness. Five out of five. As I say, Nathan Fillion, G <coughs> Gina Torres, Alan Tudyk. Oh, uh, Marina Baccarin, Adam Baldwin, uh, Jules. Oh, I was a problem with that last name. Uh, state. Sean Marr, Summer Glau, Ron Glass, <laughs> who we, is Ron Glass still alive? Who we spoke of uh, when I watched uh, Barney Miller. Yeah. Uh, born uh, 2016. Oh, that's sad. Um, uh, bad Guy, played by uh, Chuyatel Ejiofor. Ooh, I might have said that right. Uh, it is a name I've heard said aloud, so potentially I got, I got it there. Chuyatel Ejiofor. Ejiofor. Yeah. I think I said it right. Wow. Um, I would recommend starting with the series and not just watching the movie. They do a, you know, pretty admirable job of making it so that if you haven't seen the show, you could probably hop into this and, uh, you know, there would definitely be things you wouldn't necessarily uh, know uh, to the depth, definitely, that you would if you uh, watched the television show. However, you know, I, I think you could watch this as just a, a sci-fi action-y movie and have a good time with it, so... Uh, regardless, I would recommend moving on to from 2022, ah, a new one, the Banshees, Ooh, scary of Inishirin, the Banshees of Inishirin, you know, this one people are talking about it. I decided to watch it. It sounded like something up my alley. Actually, uh, talked the misses into watching it. Even two lifelong friends find themselves at an impasse when one abruptly ends their relationship with alarming consequences for both of them. Yeah, pretty alarming. It's just like, it feels like it was based on a book. Is it based on a book? <laughs> Starring, of course, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Uh, Brendan Gleeson, I think, would probably fall into the category of actors who, if he is in your thing, your thing is going to be good. Just sort of, period, full stop. Uh, huge, huge fan of Brendan Gleeson. Uh, I've never seen him in anything. I haven't thoroughly enjoyed his performance. This included uh, sort of interesting, you know what? I haven't seen in Bruges. 
in Bruges in a very, very long time. And uh, you know what? I'm going to put that on my list. I have a you know, list of movies to uh, sort of watch in Bruges. Um, and this definitely, you know, seeing them together again makes me want to rewatch. Um, it's funny. One thing I heard, I think like yesterday, even someone talking on a podcast that people not realizing this is a, uh, a period piece <laughs> and thinking maybe it's just like a, a rural Irish, uh, village that is taking place in where there's, I guess, no electricity or anything. I don't know. It's sort of funny. And you know what? There are parts, I feel like particularly at the beginning where maybe you're not a hundred percent sure if it's a period piece, but eventually it becomes pretty obvious. Um, you know, it's dark, funny, sad. Um, one of the, 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 that's one of the things I think I've, I've spoken of, of, uh, on this podcast a lot that, uh, the combination of comedy and drama is my favorite thing because, uh, not only do I feel like I am more easily, you know, sort of pulled into the world created by the film, um, but I, I think the fact that that happens is because it's much more closely represents, you know, real life. Real life is, you know, <laughs> you're moving from one moment of, uh, you know, hilarity to one moment of uh, incredible depression, back and forth, back and forth, uh, exploring those sliders of, uh, 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 you know, happiness and sadness. Hmm. Wow. How about that for a thing said rating wise, do I go five out of five? Eh, I'll go 4.7369 repeating out of five. Oh, okay. So, you know, that's not a movie. So we'll save that, uh, and move on to from 1994 and other Arnold's, yeah, I feel like I've been on a bit of an Arnold Schwarzenegger kick lately. Here we are with, from 1994, True Lies. Okay, so True Lies is a good movie. It's, it's a fine movie. It is not of the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. It is not one I ever really have a desire to rewatch. However, uh, The Misses did for some reason, uh, almost surprisingly. Like, I, I kind of don't know... <laughs> Like, which this movie came up so, for some reason, and she like kept hounding me to, you know, uh, uh watch it for some reason, <laughs> which sort of surprised me. Like, she's not a huge Schwarzenegger fan, I don't think. Um, it, you know what? This sort of kind of sort of kind of sort of goes a little hand in hand with what I was saying about the sixth day is that this feels a lot cleaner. Maybe it's like the bigger budget action y stuff that he did. Uh, compared to some of the, you know, uh, I'm returning to Commando as, a, as an example where it's sort of lower budget action, kind of more gritty and, and bloody compared to this. Like, what is this rating? Oh, it was still R. But I feel like some of his more uh, grittier action stuff could be, you know, R+. Plus. Mm -hmm. A fearless globe-trotting terrorist battling secret agent, wow, has his life turned upside down when he discovers his wife must be having an affair with a used car salesman, no less. Okay, I added the no less. While terrorists smuggle, smuggle nuclear warheads into the United States. We got Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Lee Curtis. Whew, jeez. Yeah, looking, uh, 
Whew. Uh, Tom, Tom Arnold, Bill Paxton in a, in a great sleazy role. Tia Carrera. Tia Carrera, I had a crush on 100%. Uh, Grant Heslov. Mm-hmm. A, a very young Eliza Dushku, who uh, I d did eventually have a crush on, <laughs> but not in this. Okay. Let me just say that for the record. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I think I mentioned this last episode. I've started rewatching uh, Buffy uh Buffy the Vampire Slayer specifically and uh I just uh I think yesterday actually got to the episodes where uh, uh Faith aka played by Eliza Dushku showed up um yeah so you know interesting coincidence I suppose <sighs> rating wise for true lies I guess I gotta go <clears throat> 3.1 because I can't see a scenario <clears throat> after rewatching this where I could rewatch it. I would need someone to hound me to do so though. So, you know, I'll phrase it that way. Moving on to from also 2022. I mean, from also is in that Banshee's one. What's for this place rules. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, following events and characters surrounding the January 6th, 2021 insurrection of the U.S. Capitol building in the days preceding attack. Jesus Christ, Americans. What's going on down there? Um, <laughs> I've heard some description of what it's like to be a Canadian during these times. Just sort of seeing what's going on in the U.S. And, you know, I'll, I'll throw some verification uh, towards the fact that, yes, it is horrifying. It's horrifying. It's like s sitting on top of an atomic bomb and a, 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 I was going to say a monkey. Yeah. Okay. We'll go with a, a, a chimpanzee who uh, has been playing uh, football and has uh, received 12 concussions over his football playing career. It's not in the rules that they can't play. I don't know. Um, and he's, uh, you know, just sort of fiddling with the, with the button to set it off. That's what it's like. And it's not ideal. Now watching a movie like this doesn't help that feeling. <laughs> it doesn't alleviate that feeling. Um, it makes it much, much worse. Uh, however, uh, entertaining, uh, funny, sad. Uh, I, I feel like the saddest parts are the ones involving the kids where you see them being sort of indoctrinated to, you know, this, this mega fucking bullshit. So, you know, all of that, if you have an interest, I would recommend watching it. Now, if you watch this and it's going to ruin your day, I suppose an argument, argument can be made for not watching it. Um, whatever rating wise, geez, I, I think I would go five out of five. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I feel like even potentially an important movie. Yeah, that's right. I'll say it. It's an important movie to, to have existed and to exist. So, you know, thanks. Andrew Call. Oh shoot. What was his name again? Andrew Callahan. Am I getting that right? This place rules. Let me, I close the window. <clears throat> Andrew Callahan. I was right. Uh, moving on to, from 2007. Yeah. We're taking a real, a real turn after that last one, uh, a year after their father's funeral, three brothers travel across India by train in an attempt to bond with each other. 
the Darjeeling Limited. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, you've seen this one? Classic Wes Anderson. Uh, had a real uh, uh, Wes Anderson, you know, uh, hankering. A hankering for a, a WA movie, if you will. And uh, hadn't seen this one in a long time. Barely remembered any of it. And um, after watching it, I can verify it is a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> uh, this is something I've said, and I'm sure others have as well. By no means an original thought, but... You know, of the cool things of a Wes Anderson movie, I think my favorite is you could at any given moment just sort of pause the movie, take a picture of, you know, the screen, and then uh, get that printed. Go go down to your local Staples. No, what was the classic one? Uh, for, for us in Canada, it would be Staples you'd probably go to. But what was the one where he used to do stuff like this? Used to be in jokes all the time. Uh, I'm not going to get it. Anyways, uh, get that printed up nice and big, you know, poster size, put it in a nice frame, hang it on your wall, call it a day. Art. Uh, and uh, this, this, this movie being no exception. A lot of just sort of beautifully... Are they... I guess they must be choreographed to an insane degree to always have this feeling. Like, it, it can't be just something that naturally happens at all times i don't know like how much time does wes anderson spend on would you call it set dressing i don't know um rating wise <clears throat> i don't know if this is my favorite uh, wes anderson movie necessarily but uh you know uh, we've got owen wilson adrian brody jason schwartzman all great all great in this. Uh, uh, we've got some interesting, uh, you know, scenarios they find themselves in. Quirky. Quirkiness up the wazoo. I'd probably go a solid 4.493. Yeah. Totally solid, that number I just said. Moving on, the final film to talk about uh, that the Mrs. Knight watched yesterday. In fact, from 2007, 1408. You heard of this one? John Cusack, Samuel L. Jackson, I suppose, although he's not in it that much, despite being uh, on the cover that I'm looking at. A man who specializes in debunking paranormal occurrences checked into checks into the fabled room 1408 in the Dolphin Hotel, which uh, we looked up and doesn't actually exist, uh, at least from what we saw. Uh, soon after settling in, he confronts genuine terror. Uh, based on a Stephen King short story, I believe. Um, I don't know if this is uh, uh, true or not, but uh, I have heard that um, one of the reasons a lot of Stephen King short stories get turned into movies, such as this, I believe, uh, is that uh, he only uh, charges people $1 if they want to turn a short story into a movie, where I, as I, uh, I guess if they want one of his actual books, he charges you know, a, a more a, a sort of default price, I guess. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> okay, so similar to The Sixth Day, but actually even more so uh, on this weird uh, uh, category that I've created, uh, movies that I inexplicably every once in a while just have a real itch to watch. This, I feel like, this movie is what created that category. 
yeah just every once in a while i just really want to watch 14 to 8 and you know what after watching with the missus i feel like i've infected her with it i have infected her with this uh, weird 1408 desire it's not a bad movie it's it's interesting a lot of cool uh set piece scenes uh 100 things that happen to john cusack in this room are freaking real bizarre stuff <clears throat> some some definite creepy stuff happens to him it's not i would say in terms of being a horror movie which i suppose it is it's not really that scary like there's not a huge amount of I guess there's some jump scares and just an overall sort of creepy vibe, uh, permeates often, but it's, it's, it's definitely, it, it goes some weird places that are not necessarily scary. Um, rating wise, geez, what do I get? 1408. Well, it's weird because I don't really think it's necessarily a good movie, but, uh, there's that itch though. So that's got to add some points to it. Uh, yeah, it's gotta be above a three because three is enjoyed while watching, but wouldn't watch again. And that definitely doesn't fit here because I will watch this again. I can guarantee it. Um, I'm going to go four, and then my voice is going to raise like really high like that. Yeah, that is my rating. Moving on to, oh, a. I was just about to say this is not a movie, but now I'm looking at the title and it says Rust Movie. <laughs> the Solo Story of a Lone Wolf. This is by a YouTuber by the name of Orange Dream. Mm-hmm. Sitting at about 3,000 subscribers and I hope after you listening to this, you go over there and subscribe because uh, I feel like he is someone who is... Uh, you know, flying under the radar and should be above the radar because uh, he's throwing out some really good stuff. So uh, Rust videos, you know, uh, spoken of on the podcast a little bit. It's a video game called Rust and people will uh, post, you know, things from it. Hell, I post things from it. You want to go over to uh, the alphabetical DM library and long plays, the Rust, uh, I've got, a, you know, some Rust videos up there, bass tours, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to do one, uh, probably next weekend. Uh, you know what? I might even do it right after I'm done this Do a, a base tour video. Hmm. Anyways. Um, so yeah, people do that all the time. This one, however, is and uh, I remember him posting something about, he wanted to try something that he's never seen anyone try. And it's where it, it's very, God, see, look at a loss for words a little bit because it's so different, which is why I'm bringing it back here to talk about because I uh, appreciated it to such a high degree. Mm -hmm. Even reached out to him. Well, reached out to him. <laughs> That's a dumb way to say it. I just, you know, sort of uh, posted on, I think it was his Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Like I let him know on his Twitter how much I enjoyed this experiment. Yeah, I, I guess that's sort of how he phrased it. He took, you know, footage from a rust playthrough and uh, sort of edited it in such a way that it was like a movie uh you know it's half hour long so it's not you know a feature length film by any means but he definitely i feel like showed the potential of something like this and it was very you know, I, I could use a dumb word here and I think I'm going to, it was very artsy. <laughs> I, and I mean that in a good way. Like, it, like I watched it with sort of, 
uh, an eye on the because Rust is, and I've mentioned this before, it's, it's like a beautiful game, like just to to look at. Um, so he takes these visuals and turns them into a story, which just sort of had my had my proverbial jaw on the floor. Proverbial, metaphorical. There's a word there that would make more sense, I'm sure. Um, uh, I've hidden three golden eggs throughout this movie. Can you find them all? I hope you all have a wonderful new year. Thank you for watching and continue support. Yeah, very nice guy. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, commented on a couple of his videos, how much I like, and he always responds, which is, uh, you know, very, very kind of, uh, very kind of him. Um, he does some of the best, uh, relaxing rust videos. Now, one thing I worry of, just since we're on the subject of Orange Dream, the YouTube channel, uh, I don't know if he gets pressure from his audience or sees that potentially others who do different types of video get more views, but sometimes he strays more into what I would probably call uh, a more traditional Rust video, which is just, you know, people running around doing lots of PVP, uh, player versus player shooting stuff, uh, you know, action, that kind of thing, which there, obviously there's a place for that. People like it. It's a video game. People like having the excitement of the video game on the screen, even if they're not participating in it. Seemingly I do. Hey, I, I watch some exciting, you know, you get some spoon kid, uh, going beast mode, you know, there, it, it's fun. It's exciting. It's, uh, interesting. However, I hope he doesn't because so many people are doing that, whereas not seemingly, uh, as many people are doing what he is clearly capable of doing with this, a solo story of a lone wolf. Um, so I hope he explores this more than he does the, the action side of things. But, uh, I bring it up because I see sometimes him doing more of that more traditional action -y stuff. And it almost feels like it's people like commenting on his videos. Like I want more PVP, but I also feel like those are, um, the, uh, uh, uh I was going to say the not silent, the vocal minority. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the people who want it are maybe asking louder, but I also feel like those who enjoy the more relaxed, uh, artistic things that he is capable of are maybe not as vocal and we should be. So yeah. Uh, okay. So moving on to this final thing, which is just sort of an interesting little, uh, uh tidbit, uh, next month. Oh yeah. I was going to say from my perspective, but from yours as well, cause I'll drop this on the 25th of January. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, next month, February 17th specifically is my 42nd birthday, 42nd birthday, rather. That's interesting because of course, as we all know, 47th is the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe and everything. Duh, even, uh, so with that in mind, I may, uh, I just, <laughs> I'm just reading now. Uh, so what I decided to do, and I did this, I think the last couple of years, for my birthday and that is have a movie marathon Ooh. now what i like about that is um i say to people you know people who i invite to this gathering this event 
Um, you know, if there's a movie on this list that you want to watch, you come, you watch it, and then you don't have to be here for the next one. If you don't want to, you got shit to do. That's fine. You can't make it. It's fine. Um, okay. I'll, I'll just read what I wrote on this invite. So I used my, uh, my website nerdywebsite.com to sort of make a, a page where, uh, it, it's like a invite page sort of thing. Um, you can't see it without the link. So, you know, don't get too crazy about it. Uh, okay, so I'll read this little blurb here. Took me about 40 years to crack the code that the best birthday you can give yourself is one in which you are in charge of your own fun. So, with that in mind, I have received... Sorry, if you have received this invite and are unable to retend, retend and are unable to attend for any reason, I promise you do not have to feel bad as I will have a fun, as I will have fun this day, I goddamn guarantee it. Itinerary below, but you are free to pop in and out and in again, as much as you like. One thing of note is that if you do want to bring your various kitties, I added the classic Studio Ghibli film My Neighbor Totoro for just that reason, with a nice big time buffer on either side, so you don't have to rush in and out too much. Yeah, so some of these movies you can't really watch with kids. In fact, probably most of them. Um, and also, you know, this is not a kid thing. But uh, a lot of my friends have kids. And, you know, I like them. Some of them call me grandpa, which I freaking love. Um, so I figured uh, if they want to come and if they are... <laughs> yeah okay i'll just say it if they're stuck with their kids uh you know they can have that uh that uh, movie block there for my neighbor totoro which i haven't seen in a long time and um i figure you know nice to just in case kids have not been introduced to the world of anime might as well uh you know kick that off why not okay so let me read you the itinerary you can let me know what you think so wake uh, I've got, uh, three, uh, um, column headings, movie slash itinerary, start time, end time, uh, wake an ungodly hour. Probably. Yeah. Famously or infamously, I get up way too early. Uh, 6am make big breakfast, 6.30am bake. So we've got wake and we've got bake. That's interesting. 645 eat big breakfast. Mm -hmm. Okay. I didn't have end times for those. Cause it's, you know, a little loosey goosey, but once we hit the movies, which we're about to, this is a long marathon. Okay. Um, 7 AM to 8 24 AM hot shots. Oh, hot shots. You know that one. Okay. I, I won't go too much into the actual movies. You'll just uh, know them or you won't. Um, 8.30 a.m. to 10.35 a.m., Batman and Robin. Oh, speaking of Arnold Schwarzenegger, we've got two representations of him in this, actually. Um, 11 a.m. to 12.26 p.m., My Neighbor Totoro, as mentioned. So you could see, a, a, I'm sort of leaving buffers in between the movie. You know, your washroom breaks, you know, people to show up should they wish. Uh, would be ideal to do in, in these various buffers. Um, 12.45 p.m. to 2.22 p.m. UHF. Wow. Haven't, uh, haven't heard of that one in a while, have you? The Weird Al vehicle. Mm-hmm. 
2.30 p.m. to 4.04 p.m., they live. Oh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that one, actually. Uh, probably on this list. That's the one I'm most looking forward to. Um, 4.15 p.m. to 6.08 p.m., Total Recall. Uh-huh. Speaking of, yeah, mentioned earlier. Uh, and uh, uh, last movie on the list, 6.15 p.m. to 7.41 p.m., Hot Shots Part 2. You see what I've done here. We start with hot shots. We end with hot shots. I haven't seen those in a long time. And uh, they sort of fit the vibe of my movie marathon. Uh, bedtime, 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. That's right. Early to bed. Early to rise. Uh, some notes. No gifts. Mm-hmm. Bring your own everything. I will have some movie-type snacks, but since I would probably not really know numbers, times, as far as guests number slash times as far as guests you may have to fend for yourself for lunch and dinner mm -hmm. uh yada 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 the rest doesn't really matter i kind of just wanted to tell you what movies uh so you can you know probably expect those movies on a future episode of this podcast is how that'll work and has worked for the 622 plus episodes so far i guess folks we did it we did it i suppose um, yeah. Final thing to say, should we, should we just hop right into it? Yeah, I guess we should. It's nice to be nice to the nice. That was...